Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I'd like to give a very warm welcome to our guest today, an expert-level certified life coach who's on a mission to help others believe in themselves more, Tulio Siragusa. Tulio currently serves as Chief Strategy Officer at Nearsoft, and he co-produces and hosts Dojo Live, a podcast platform that gives voice to emerging technology luminaries. He's a dynamic keynote speaker, three-time author, and is passionate about wanting everyone on this planet to be able to step into their best self and break free of the mindset prison of not good enough. Today, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence and values-based branding and much more. We'll learn what's worked from his experience, what could be avoided, and how some people are just missing the mark. Tulio, welcome. So happy to have you here today. I'm so glad to be here, Stacey. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to our chat today. Yes. Well, for our listeners, can you share a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are today and how you are positioned and how you know all the things you know? (laughs) Well, I've spent uh, 30 years in technology, and in the past 15 years, I went on a bit of a personal journey to uh, have some more self-realization, understand myself a little bit better, and in the process of doing that, I really got to grip with uh, what makes a lot of us tick and the things that also holds us back from having breakthroughs in our lives. And how this translates into how we run businesses, how we lead organizations. So there's a trickle-down effect that happens, and it all starts with the person in the mirror. And this journey has taken me to a place that um, has also allowed me to do some research around a very specific topic. I I started studying different streams of consciousness about the ego. Mm -hmm. And you can, I mean, there's books and volumes of content about the ego and everybody's got a different opinion, you know, kill the ego, master the ego, overcome the ego, use the ego, so many different consciousness around it. And I started asking this question just a few years ago, what is the cause of, for example, negative ego, right? I knew I could observe the manifestation of it because I could observe it in myself. I could observe it in others. The need to be in control, the need to be right, the need to look good, all these various masks, you know, the feeling of not being good enough, the uh, imposter syndrome, all these things that we uh, often manifest is all related to just negative ego. But my question started being, where does it come from? What is the cause of negative ego? You know, it's like, I get the cause of someone who's uh, needing to be right all the time. It's because of ego, but what is the cause of that ego? Mm-hmm. and really started digging into that and working as a volunteer, as a coach, as a volunteer for the past decade, specifically in circles of men, I discovered a lot of things about myself. I discovered a lot of things and commonalities with individuals that struggled with uh, the manifestation of negative ego. And uh, I'll share what that is in just a few minutes, but 
one thing that really became clear to me is there there's a difference on the people that have uh, a sense of the leadership style that's empowering versus those that have more of a controlling mindset. And the one thing they have in common is those who empower have an incredible high sense of self-worth. Um, they are in a place where their sense of worth is based on something internally directed versus based on external outcomes versus those who tend to be more in the need to control and also manifest a little bit more insecurity tend to have lower sense of worth, which is tied to outcomes. So for example, uh, in my study, only 1% of the people were able to be so interdirected that it didn't matter whether they succeeded at something or not. It didn't change how they perceive themselves, how they view themselves. And about 2% were a bit of a hybrid. They were interdirected as well as outcome directed. But 98% are completely externally directed. In other words, if I'm doing great in my career, then I feel good about myself. I feel like I'm worthy. If I'm not doing so good in my relationship, then I'm going to lower my, my sense of self. So all these constant judgment that we have about ourselves, it affects how we behave and how we show up. And this particularly has an impact on leadership and leadership development and how you lead an organization and the experience that the people that such a leader have being in that environment, right? We've talked about toxic environments. Well, at the helm of that toxic environment, it's usually someone who's insecure, doesn't feel all that great about themselves, and it's manifesting some negative experience. Now, from a value-based perspective, in terms of understanding yourself, right? If you're the founder of a business, the CEO of a business, there are certain values that you live your life by. Right? Whether you're a person of high integrity, maybe you value being in relationship, uh, maybe you value making a lot of money, whatever those values are, those are your tenants and guiding posts in your life. Right. right? So as you build a business, how you brand a business, today it's become more relevant to align those values with what you want to represent in the marketplace. And the reason for that, it's because people want to have experiences. And experiences are tied to something that deals with the heart. It's not here. So it's not about how awesome is the product or the service, how great is the company. It's more about does this company represent the values that I cherish? Mm -hmm. Is the leadership aligned with the values that I cherish? And in essence, there's examples of this, like in the Steve Jobs, right? He created almost a culture. In fact, he did create a culture around their products and services. It weren't exactly the best technology products at the time, but people who wanted to be hip and cool and different and unique all bought Apple products, right? So there was a sense of attachment to that experience, which was represented in how he led his life and how the entire company was led. So it does make a difference when you don't have your mindset in the right place in terms of whether you have a high sense of worth or low sense of worth the impact it's going to have on how you show up as a leader, how you show up as a company, and the kinds of customers you're going to attract. Well, it's interesting because we're going through, and um, you may have heard of this, a lot of people have, the book Traction um, or the platform EOS. Does that sound, or EOS actually, does that sound familiar to you at all? Uh, I, I haven't dwelled into that, but I've heard mm -hmm. of it. 
So part of it is putting together for your company um, really a vision board of your values. It all comes, it's based on the core values of your company. And we started doing this a couple of years ago when we were diving back in because, you know, it's good to refresh and do all of that. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because as I've evolved, some of my values have evolved, but I see that my own personal values, I have really pushed on to our company because I, as a leader, need kind of to have those values that I'm expecting of other people to be part of the organization I'm leading because otherwise it's off. So besides forgetting about clients out there right now, but an organization on its own, having your values and sharing your values and figuring out what those are and speaking back and forth to one another really does seem to be significant in ensuring your company is kind of rolling around on a track happily. Well, Stacey, there's a lot of talk about, you know, pursuing your passion. If you're going to do something you're passionate about, you're going to be successful at it. But I really believe that what you're actually pursuing is your values because they are authentically, genuinely representation of who you are. And of course, you're going to be passionate about who you are because Mm -hmm. there's only one version of you. Um, I've had conversations with numerous companies and especially startups in an advisor capacity trying to figure out how do we market ourselves? How do we brand ourselves? And one of the common mistakes is to think about, you know, doing all this data research and say, you know, we're going to identify what key things people think care about. And it's like, you're literally like following the wind and mm-hmm. trying to chase it in the hopes that you're going to attract people that are on that wind wave as well. It's a not, it's not an effective sustainable strategy because you can't fake, <laughs> you can't fake something that you're not. And right. so, you know, for example, I had uh, one company, an Italian company, as a matter of fact, that has developed some technology for making it safer to be on the roads, right? They have some predictable uh, technology with uh, traffic lights that can help determine possible traffic problems or accidents and things of that nature, which is certainly designed to help uh, reduce the amount of accidents, in which case it could actually reduce injury and and improve uh, people's lives by actually saving lives where possible, right? So the way that he, the CEO was presenting it and the way he was talking about it was very driven from this traditional, you know, mechanistic sort of like mindset of like, how do I create value for the buyers of this product? What's the, what is the benefit? Mm -hmm. The traditional um, uh, evaluation of doing that, which is very valid. But then I simply asked him, I said, okay, why did you build this business? What is it about you as a person where this actually matters to you. Why is it important to you? And we started digging into his values. And one of them was he values people's lives. He, he, he wants to uphold life, right? So he, he cares about people. He wants people to be safe. There are certain intrinsic personal values mm-hmm. that have been the guiding post for his entire life. Yeah. And so I said, okay, so your business is to save people's lives. It doesn't matter what the technology is. You're helping to save lives, right? So when you begin to shape it from that mindset, when you go pitch it to investors, the investor you want to get is the investor who also cares about saving lives. The customers you want to get are customers who care about saving lives. So you create a culture and environment where you attract like-minded individuals, like-minded employees, like-minded partners, like-minded customers, 
that's when you create an unstoppable brand because there's no one who can get in the way of that kind of a culture. Missions, methodologies, following the wind, all these things change and evolve and your business can go up and down just like the, the wind or a roller coaster. But I really believe that if, if organizations are centered around human values that are personal, that are authentic and genuine, you can become an unstoppable organization because you attract people that also value those same things. Sure. And it's true. Because when you, when you have an organization and the values are not shared internally, it's like a train wreck. Everyone's driving in different directions and no one is rowing in that boat in the same direction. Right. I mean, for example, if you're in the business of making money, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and right. I'm like, you know, you want to attract people who love making money. Yeah. Uh, so if someone comes in, is like, I, I want to save the planet. I want to help animals. It may not necessarily align with the desire to make money. Yeah. You're not going to have a good time in that organization. Right. And, right. The, and, and the people there are going to feel like you're not aligned with where we're going. And what ends up happening, human nature says, oh, we're different. Therefore, I'm going to demonize you for being different. Right. And and it's not about that. It's about understanding that you can't fit, you can't be all to all, mm-hmm. but be genuine and authentic with what you believe is is what is important to you because you're going to attract people that believe in the same thing. And I think smaller companies and newer businesses are really good at that today and better at that today. And that's, in my opinion, not necessarily because the internet's faster, does the velocity of the internet, the velocity of social media. Those things are important. But I think what's helped some of these businesses literally leapfrog institutions that have been around for 50, 100 plus years, it's because they've started from this mindset of creating more genuine, authentic offerings that align with certain values that are very personal to those founders and those CEOs. And people attach themselves to that a lot faster because it's a feeling they can't explain. It just feels right. It feels right. I'm associating with people that get who I am and what matters to me. And that's what drives value and exponential growth, in my opinion. No, 100%. So when you're working with someone and you peer into their company and you see that the values are not really aligned from top to bottom, what's the first step that you suggest that they take? Well, so for example, my company, Nearsoft, um, our culture is very freedom-based culture. So we don't have like bosses, there's no one to impress. And by nature, as a result of that, everyone can just be themselves and provide a lot of value, right? So we speak our mind, we're honest with each other, and we can create tremendous uh, growth and, and we're very agile in how we do things. Now, because we value that, in other words, treating each other as adults, if a client is used to a more command and control work structure where someone's the boss dictating everything that needs to happen, how you do things, when you do things, that isn't going to work very well with, you know, people that are basically told you come here, drive value, generate value. We're here to make money and profit, but do it on your terms. Mm-hmm. Their experience would be a very terrible experience with that client. And we've walked away from those opportunities because it just doesn't fit to with our culture. It's not going to drive. So you have to have the courage as an organization to also say no to those clients that are not going to align with what you want, what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And also you have to have the courage to say no to those employees that don't necessarily align with, with where you're going. Sure. And, and when you're desperate for business or when things get difficult, that's when the real test happens, Stacey. That's when you're really... Yeah. Be a challenge to see if am I going to hold true 
to this values and, and, and uh, standards that I, that I believe in, or am I going to, um, you know, sell myself out because I need to keep moving forward. And those are very difficult choices to make, but those organizations that usually stick to their values don't end up having the struggles like most companies do when there's a downturn, for example, they just somehow just coast right through it. And because they, they're not competing in this sort of zero zone proposition, they're staying true to their values. They're attracting the right customers, the right employees. And that is a model that just, just is a scalable and sustainable model. Okay. And so what is the first step then to figuring out what your values are? Well, it's, it's um, not a very difficult exercise, right? Um, one of the things I recommend is sit down with yourself and make a list of the things that matter to you. Just personally, things that matter to you, right? Um, good health, family, making money, uh, integrity. Just list those tenants that are important to you. What are the kinds of things when you're looking for a friend, or even better for a spouse, what are the kinds of qualities you're looking for them, right? In them, those qualities you're looking in them are typically a representation of your own qualities of the things that matter to you. So start out with that list. It, then you begin to pare down and say, okay, which are the things that, that are important to me? Then look at that list and say, which of these things am I willing to give my life to hold, to, to stay true to? Mm-hmm. Those become your real values. Because there's nothing you that would that can threaten you giving up that value, right? If you're a person of high integrity and someone's asking you to cut uh, cut corners or do something that's that's not uh, legal or just morally isn't aligned with who you are, you're not going to sacrifice that value because it's truly something that you live by. You'll die before you sacrifice that value. So it's a very um, sort of serious exercise to get true to get to your own truth in identifying what those are. And typically I recommend identify like three or four maximum values. It doesn't have to be an exhaustive list, just three or four things that really matter to you. You know, for me, it's about vulnerability. I look for people that are vulnerable and because, because I think that creates more authentic, genuine types of relationships. Mm-hmm. I look for people that, that have gratitude. So gratitude is one of my values. No matter what's going on, no matter what's difficult, you can always find something to be thankful for authenticity you know just be real speak your mind speak your truth and don't don't put on a mask just to manipulate or coerce if the person doesn't like what you have to say they're not the person for you if the client doesn't like what you have to say they're not the client for you accept that and lastly it's about operating from a place of integrity that's just a personal thing for me don't cut corners don't sacrifice and that also means i won't sell out a friend right if a friend is going down a path that isn't necessarily going to serve them or it could cause problems for other people, I will call them out on it, even if it means sacrificing the relationship, because part of being of high integrity is not selling people out. You and I are cut from similar cloths. <laughs> I have had friends who haven't spoken to me for months, if not years on occasion out there, but usually they've all come back again. Well, you know, they say the true definition of a friend is someone that you can uh, speak your mind to and still forgives you and moves, and moves on and actually appreciates that, uh, that feedback and criticism. And uh, I used to have a, a teacher that said, if you can find one friend like that for your life, you have 
you will have succeeded to have an incredible life. You just need one person like that in your life. <laughs> and as you know, Stacy, that one person is a hard thing to find because yeah. people will, will say, oh, I don't like what you say, and they walk away. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. those are not the, the, the true friends that, uh, that will stick with you no matter what. Yeah, it's true. So what is other advice that you give with this values and figuring out your brand identity through that? Is there any other suggestions you have that people need to keep top of mind? Once you've done that, then begin to shape what you're going to offer in the marketplace and the message that you want to put out in the marketplace and focus more on the experience that people will have in doing business with you because that's what people really care about, especially today. Marketing is more about winning hearts than than minds uh, today, which is why influencer marketing is so big because it's personalized. It's not... You know, the way people are selling today, it's not a big company just telling you, here's here's the best practice, here's use cases. Those things are great, but people are actually buying from individuals. Yeah. And and um, those individuals represent something and attract a certain type of customer. So mm-hmm. definitely make sure you have the messaging that aligns with that and then empower individuals in the organization to be the ambassadors, to be the evangelists for what you're doing. Don't, don't push the company from the company's perspective into the market. Pick your champions that are going to be the voice for the company and empower them to become the sort of celebrities or the spokespeople or the evangelists for your brand. And definitely pick people that embody those values. That's a very critical component today to succeeding in the marketplace. I really believe in about 10 to, to 15 years, maybe even less than that, the whole idea of sales is probably going to go away. It's really going to come down to influencer marketing, people learning from people, having open conversation. It's already happening on LinkedIn, for example. People post information. They learn from each other, have conversation, and you end up doing business with people that you tend to feel a certain um, you know, attraction or likeness with them, and you end up doing business with their company because of those individuals. So don't uh, underestimate the power of putting those individuals, those ambassadors, those champions, those evangelists in the marketplace, representing your brand, uh, you know, standing on the soapbox and don't make it all about just the business. Let them speak who they are. Let people learn about what they value, share their thoughts, share their, share their authentic selves, be vulnerable because that's going to attract the kind of customers that you really want. And you've done this to a degree with your podcast. Yes, in fact, um, with Dojo Live, which is a uh, weekly uh, video blog that we do, and we, we do it live, so it's, uh, it's uh, transmitted on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, and then it's recorded and stays on the, on the site. On the, and um, that has had its own evolution. It started as just a conversation between uh, techies, right? Uh, just to have a little conversation, build community and relationships, and then it evolved into um, a bit of a, like a Trojan horse. It was like, why don't we go talk to customers that we want to do business with? We're going to get to have a half-hour conversation with CEOs of technology companies that would otherwise not be open to having a sales meeting. So we're going to talk to them on the air and about their business, about their product. And we're not going to charge them when they get to promote their product and their business and give them some exposure. And we did a lot of business that way, as a matter of fact. So it turned out to be a great tool for that. But over time as we gain more traction and we gain more audience, we took a, a moment to stop and I said, okay, what is it that we actually represent? If we had to start this from scratch, 
what is the message of Dojo Live? What is the purpose? What is the mission of Dojo Live? And we literally went through an entire three months starting from scratch. We looked at our personal values. Mm -hmm. We listed them out, all the co-founders. We listed them all out. And we looked for intersect on those values. And we landed on several of them that we felt were, this is what we want the show to be about. It represents who we are, represents the values we want to put out there. And one of the key things that came out was we have a high interest in bridging, in bringing people together. Relationship happened to be a very strong value we all share. Bringing people today, empowering people, educating people was a big value for us. And also this idea that differences sometimes generate a sense of like judgment with people. So we wanted to see how can we eliminate that and just create a model where you can learn about differences without demonizing them. So I, you know, a culture in Japan is different than a culture in Germany. It's different than a culture in Venezuela, but it doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just different. Let's talk about why they're different. Let's talk about how companies have worked together in those multicultural environments how they've succeeded to do that. And let's talk about where they failed and why they failed. And let's talk about the personal lessons those CEOs learn in those experiences. So we wanted to make it something vulnerable and raw and real. And one of the other things we talked about is storytelling. Storytelling has been around for thousands of years. It really connects people with their heart. So we, we shifted the entire show to be based on a purpose. The purpose is to bridge cultural gaps. So we're now on a mission to talk to technology company founders and leaders about what it's like to bring multiple cultures together, what it's like to be change agents in the world, how you build trust, what challenges you've had in building trust. All of these things are relevant in today's market, in today's world, especially today. We have such polarizing views. You know, you have two sides right here in the U.S. are constantly fighting each other. So it's a, it's a sort of testament of the times. Mm -hmm. And we felt, well, it aligns with what we care about. Let's help people learn more about each other. And so it's become a vehicle to focus on technology companies telling their stories, sharing their successes, their challenges, and in the hopes that people listening can say, oh, I didn't know that. I can try that. Oh, I should try that too. Oh, wow, we're not so different. That is actually something that happens to everybody else too. Maybe we shouldn't be beat ourselves up so badly for having failed so miserably in that initiative, <laughs> but there's a way around it. So that's the, the intent. And ever since we changed that, we have grown an audience quite exponentially. And in fact, even the guests that we're having on the show, we've got a few celebrity guests coming up in April that I'm really proud of and excited to have. So again, it's a testament of when you focus and shift towards establishing a brand that's rooted in values and your message is rooted in that, those values, you attract the right kinds of guests and the right kind of audience that also care about those same things. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I have, this is fantastic. I could talk to you, I think, for hours and go off on tangents as well, but our time's wrapping up. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today before we say goodbye? The only thing I want to share is don't be afraid to experiment and make mistakes. And, um, and in fact, I wouldn't even call a mistake. Don't be afraid to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. We as individuals live in a time where self-development is it's pretty big business. It's a, it's a want and desire by a lot of people. We need to do the same uh, with businesses. We need to approach how we're building our companies, how we're marketing our companies the same way. It's a learning process. 
We're constantly learning and evolving. So don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to make those, those, uh, to, to, I don't want to call them less mistake. Don't be afraid to learn new ways. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I think you have to make mistakes. You have to have some failures so that you can actually learn from them. You can't actually do everything right. It's impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the mindset that I encourage people is to shift away from looking at them as mistakes mm-hmm. and look at them as, okay, I just proved an effective way that it doesn't work, right? It's kind of like the way science goes about discovering cures for diseases. Thousands of wrong formulations, thousands of failures to get to the right one. So in essence, built into the equation of science is failure, but it's looked at as just another proven unsuccessful um, equation, right? Until you prove the right one. So the way we treat our own mindset, our own selves, and our companies needs to evolve to the same mindset. We are trying to find the right model, the right way to bring value to the world. And in doing so, we're going to discover the right way that doesn't work, i.e. mistakes, right? And in discovering the right way it doesn't work, we'll eventually get to crack the code on what does work. So I encourage people to experiment, to look at it the way science looks at it and continuously find that model, that that code that you can crack that eventually connects with the people who care about the the same things you care about. Well said. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey. I've had uh, fun being here with you today. All right. How'd it go? I think it's great. I think you did good. I had no weird door knocks. I had my puppy actually in a different room, which didn't work out so well this morning when she was in the same room. And that was a learning lesson of my mistake today. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I was starting to get a little anxious because the sun is rising behind me. And I'm like, it looks like I'm glowing. <laughs> no, 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 actually. So, and I'm, I do my podcast from my house because my office it echoes and it's loud. And it's just a problem. But um, and I usually am in my office and we're having work done on the side of the house. So I've moved away from there, but I have a sunlight above where I record. And sometimes depending on the time of the day, a beam will come in and then I get this halo that wow. just alights me. And I'm like, wow, this is really impressive <laughs> or not so good. I know <laughs> you're like, let's sit yes, taller, please. just perfect you just can do a little you namaste and you're all set namaste yeah it's all good tulio thank you again and we will certainly put up your information as well in the show notes so anyone can check out if they happen to be driving or walking and not writing when you were talking about where you could find your podcast and to all of our listeners thank you so much for tuning in to marking mistakes and how to avoid them today i look forward to chatting with you next week